0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Seed Talk. My name is Lane and this is gonna be a special episode of Seed Talk today. So the Gardener's Workshop farm and warehouse are typically not open to the public, but this past weekend we had a special event. An open farm and open warehouse event and we were so excited to welcome visitors from all over to lisa's farm as well as to the warehouse for a little in-person shopping there were tours going on at the farm all day and we had some really amazing guests including dave dowling ellen frost and val Schirmer, who all have online courses with the gardeners workshop and we all had such a great time interacting with everyone and getting to make so many new flower friends i was stationed at the warehouse in the seed area most of the day but towards the end of the day i decided to head back over to the farm to check in with dave val ellen and lisa to see how their day went and what topics our visitors seem to be the most interested in please keep in mind that these were impromptu interviews and we were recording outdoors during this event so there's definitely background noise and the audio quality isn't the best but I really wanted to get these interviews to share with you all to capture the essence of the day, whether you were able to attend or not. First up are Dave and Val. Enjoy! Okay, look who I have stumbled upon here in the garden. It's Dave Dowling and Val Shermer. They're here at the Open Farm. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing great. Can a you great tell day. us,
0: yeah. introduce yourselves and tell us who you are and then just tell us about how the day has gone.
1: Yeah, well, I'm Dave Dowling. I'm a flower farmer in Maryland for years and I do the online class with the Gardeners Workshop. I um, work for Ball Horticulture, Ball Seed, selling all this stuff to people. And This is Val Shermer. What do you do, Val? Well,
2: <laughs> I have a little flower farm called Three Toads Farm. I also have the online course about growing glorious blooms for the holidays. And I'm currently president of the ASCFG, which...
1: Dang. I was a president for a total of three terms, seven years. Yes. Overstep, overstatement, not my welcome, I stayed too long. <laughs> I, I'm, I not was gonna
2: make, I'm not going to make that mistake. <laughs> I was welcome,
1: I was there really long. But it was all good, all good. All good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we're here today at the uh, Gardener's Workshop Open Farm, and there's been hundreds of people here today. Um, in the early morning, we had a, a private audience, I guess you'd call it, of just people who have taken our classes, either Lisa's class, mine, or yours. Um, and it was like 80 or 90 people came it was a for bunch. a two-hour tour of the farm and garden that was just, just the students. And then at 10 o'clock, we opened up to anybody, and a couple more hundred people showed up. So it was really good. We got to tour the farm, see how Lisa grows things, some new varieties, um, talk about peonies and hydrangeas and sunflowers, successions, and cool season, cool season flowers, cool flowers, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. and people came from everywhere there's people who drove 10 hours I think some people flew um, one person came and he slept in the church parking lot in her car <laughs> you know, so people came from all over uh, to come to this open house so it's great to, that they came no. and I would say everybody as far as I know was thrilled to be here and learned a lot um, we had people who are flower farmers doing it for business and there were several people it's just gardeners um, had one person she was <clears throat> in Yorktown, I think, and brought her daughter from DC. And now the daughter's all excited about growing flowers. And the daughter is just along for the ride. Wow. <laughs> wow.
0: Changed your life.
1: Yes, it could have, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So what were some common questions that you guys got today?
1: Oh, well, the, the common questions I always have is when do you plant this? When do you harvest it? Um, just the, the typical, wow. you know, what is that? Because they see a flower, they don't know what it is. You know, whether it's a, a variety of Rebecca that never seen that double one with all the frilly, you know, the, mm-hmm. it's called Maya, you know, they've never seen that. So they are asking, what is this? And when did you plant it? And how do you grow it? Things like that.
2: Yeah. People really had a range of, um, experience.
1: Yes. Everything from really. people just thinking about growing professionally as a mm-hmm. business to people who have been doing it for 10 or 15 years, um, to people who are just along for the ride. Like I said, the one daughter with mom and now she's all excited.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm a long time grower, but I learned a lot. Oh, too. you always learn. And being here, is, is extraordinary. I've never been to the farm before, always
1: wanted to come. Yeah. Well, anytime you go to any farm, you're going to learn something. Either it's a way to plant it, way to harvest, a new variety. Oh, that's how you space okay. that. I always did it too close or too yeah. far. You learn something new, yeah. whether it's, oh, you can put drip, you can put roca, uh, weed fabric under your header pipe and that keeps away the weeds. What a brainy idea. <laughs> Why didn't I Who think of thought? that? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, just little tidbits like that, that you learn by seeing it in person. no matter how many times you look in a book or talk to somebody it just doesn't sink into you see it in person
2: and it's priceless to be around people who also want to grow oh yes i mean i just i find this so inspirational you know i go home just uh fired up
1: you're around your people other people people who are into the cut flowers
2: yeah Yeah. so i got a lot of questions about the amaryllis and about the paper whites Mm -hmm. which you're an amaryllis expert
1: too so that was really It was good yeah to sit and talk to people who have never grown amaryllis before and now they're thinking, well, I can grow these potted amaryllis and sell them at the holiday season to mm-hmm. increase their sales. and yep. just, you
2: know, On a time that they may not be selling not, anything else unless they want anything. new greets. Right.
1: Well, then you throw throwing yep. Christmas reeds and amaryllis and paper whites. It's yep. a great combination, even if you're just doing a one-day workshop or going to a farmer's market every weekend. It's yes. great to have.
0: What bit of advice would you give someone that's wanting to get into growing and selling amaryllis or paper whites?
2: Well, my number one um, advice would be to take the online course. Of course, <laughs> because for fifty dollars, you get three and a half hours worth of, um, you know, seeing me do everything that I do. But you know, if, if you watch that, it, you can spend just you know some time on a Saturday coming mm-hmm. up, watch it, and then you can still order great books for the holidays. Order.
1: And the whole class is what three hours, four hours? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. not like you not like you yeah. spending weeks watching the class. No, you can binge watch it on a Saturday afternoon on a rainy day. And then you're set up to know what to do, how to order, how to grow, what to plant, the varieties to do. And off you go. And the biggest thing, how to sell them. Because you got to, everything you grow, if you're trying to make a profit, you got to sell it. You know, you can grow beautiful anything, flowers, bulbs, unless you have a market to sell it. You're wasting your time. It's an right. expensive hobby.
2: And you got to <laughs> price it right, too, because yes. you cannot be too cheap. Because you are not Lowe's, you are not. No, you're not competing you with are, Lowe's. Right. It's a specialty flower that actually is harder and harder to yeah. to get.
1: And you, you always, you preach about doing it and getting the biggest bulb you can get which you know you get the big amaryllis bulb you get four four flower spikes instead of one or two that you get from the box <laughs> store I don't want to name names but you know right. just, <laughs> right. but you just get a much you start with a bigger better bulb you get a better mm-hmm. outcome
2: and like what Dave told me years ago because it was so hard to get these big bulbs and I said why is it so hard he said because only two percent of the amaryllis gets that big are that big yeah and that made me want them even more
1: yeah because the grower has to grow them for another year or two to get that size yeah. and then they other things like the ones in Peru. They still do that totally manually. They dig them by hand, clean them by hand, sort them by hand. It's just a very manual process that they do them, I and it's you know limited how many they can grow. Yep, those bulbs are spectacular. Yeah, huge. It's huge, huge.
0: huge. So <laughs> when do you buy your bulbs?
2: Well, I buy them in March, and then I also buy them March. a little bit later. Yeah, they come in October, right? And so I get them starting in October and November, and that way I've got them that will be in big bud for the holidays and then, uh, which is a
1: great, people yeah. love that. because the thing with the Amaryllis, you want to sell them when they're just starting to grow. You don't want to wait till it's blooming to sell it, because no. then you're going to break it or the customer's going to break it. Yeah. So, and you, she even has a way, she plants them in a short pot, puts them in the post office mailer and mails them. Yeah. As Not even sprouted yet, but planted, ready to pull out of box and grow them.
2: Those dormant bulbs, they, yeah. and they can, you know, I ship them all over the United yeah. States and they can go when the weather is cold.
1: Yeah, as long as they don't sit in a, you know, 10, 10 degree yeah. temperature but you yeah, know they're in a truck and it's warm, warm yeah. in that truck and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dave no. was
0: there a particular crop that people seemed really interested in or that you seemed
1: to surprise
0: oh, people like I always had about?
1: lots of questions about the hydrangeas because it's kind of that mystery flower mystery shrub that either they work really well for you or sometimes as they've grown it never blooms and you don't know why well maybe it's because you're cutting them down every year and cutting off the flowers or you're in an area gets a hot spell in the spring and then they freeze and kills all the buds. So they're trying to figure out what's the magic potion to make the hydrangeas bloom.
0: And what's your favorite species of hydrangea to grow for cut flowers? There's
1: no reason to get the big fancy ones. There's Nico Blue, it's been around forever, productive, it's affordable because it's older. Um, there are the ones Endless Summer and All Summer Beauty which are kind of rebloom a little bit throughout the season. But you still get that big flush of blooms in June and then maybe a half a dozen flowers the rest of the year. But the Nico Blue, you can't beat those.
2: What about
1: Limelight? Oh, Limelight is a totally different animal because it's the... Um, paniculata hydrangea that blooms on new wood. So no matter how bad your winter is, how hard you cut it, it's still going to bloom that year. And it's great.
2: We also Very call productive.
1: them pina coladas. P- pina coladas, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> They're paniculata, but she likes to drink every once in a while. Pina coladas. <laughs> um, but they're great. But the other thing I would say about hydrangeas is I always tell people you don't sell them as a fresh, blue or f- damp feeling plant. Wait till they start to dry and then they last forever. And your customers will be much happier because they're going to last and not wilt on them in five days. So resist the urge to pick them when they're just starting to bloom, wait three or four weeks, and then they're perfect. And what? how
0: do you recommend people site their hydrangeas in terms of sun oh. versus shade?
1: Heart shade or dappled shade, even the, all of them can do in full sun, but they're going to wilt every day and possibly get sunburned. Even the limelight's best in some afternoon shade. When I had my limelight, I had 50% shade cloth on top of them, over them and they were amazing. They never got sunburned, they were beautiful.
0: How many stems do you think someone can get off of a mature
1: plant? Oh, a macrophile, you can get 30 or 40 flowers at least, if not more. And I know I had before a limelight that had over 100 flowers on it. Depends yeah. on how low you prune. it. prune it knee-high, you get 100 flowers on a plant that's only five years old. It's crazy how productive those are.
2: And the foliage is fabulous to use yeah. in arrangements, too. So
0: Although what? I
1: recommend if you're using the flowers, take all the leaves off. But if you can use just the foliage, you're talking about mm-hmm. the macrophila foliage. Mm-hmm. That's almost really thick later in the yeah. season, yeah. yeah.
0: So what was your favorite part of the day, Val? And I'm going to ask Dave the same question if you'd like to go first.
2: (laughs) My favorite part of the day was when everybody came in here at 8 o'clock and going on the tour to just see The very first tour, right. The very first tour, seeing everything that I've seen, you know, in Instagram and stuff like that, but seeing it in person.
1: For me, it was seeing those people that came around. It's like the little kid on Christmas morning. Look at that, look at that. You know, they were just excited to see stuff they've never seen before. They've tried to grow and couldn't grow it, or mm-hmm. maybe they haven't tried yet, but now they think, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Because it works and look how good it is. Yeah. Which
0: yeah. flowers seem to elicit the oh. most excitement from people?
1: I think a little bit of everything. I think the Rebecca that was just really big, Lisa mm-hmm. has the six or seven different varieties. You can see all the different ones side by side. And to see the difference of the ones that are planted as a cool flower that are five feet tall, the new ones are only two and a half feet tall that were planted in the spring. That was a huge visual thing for yeah, people yeah. yeah
0: people really like to, to
1: show that. people planting in the fall really does work and here's how much better it is
0: yeah do you have a favorite variety of rudbeckia oh um,
1: they're all good there's no bad one out there and at least really likes a new one that's called maya m-a-y-a because it's kind of a double really full um and that's also it gets fasciation a lot it's not always a perfect flower sometimes it's oval and funny shaped and it's just kind of a little bit of character mm-hmm. to it
2: one of the good things about this too is they were talking about the times to harvest. Yeah, you know what—that was something everybody was
1: interested in. Right, when to in. harvest them. That's another thing because because Lisa's not selling flowers now. She's doing more for photos and research kind of stuff. Is in her field, there's rows of things in bloom that should have been harvested three weeks ago, but they're in bloom. Like the Rebecca is beautiful bed, but a lot of them are should have been harvested three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just as yeah. anybody knows if you're really growing flowers for a business. It they doesn't make any like room. That. It doesn't make money <laughs> right. in the field. Get it in the bucket and get it sold. Don't leave it in the field.
2: But all the pollinators are happy.
1: Pollinators are very happy, yes. yes.
2: <laughs> but one thing that scared me is that the um, Japanese beetles are here. Yeah,
1: Japanese beetles are here, yeah. They're they're we just they're just starting. They're just starting here in Virginia. It's middle of June. Um, and they're gonna be around for three or four weeks and yeah, they're awful. They just tear up your zinnias, especially and you know, bad. Everything. Love basil.
0: Well, can you remind everyone how they can get in touch with you or follow with you on social media? Well, they can
2: uh, get in touch with me through the class, through Gardener's Workshop. And then uh, I'm on Val underscore Shermer and then also Three Toads Farm.
1: And I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Dave M. Dowling. M? For Matthew, my middle name. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. Sure. So much fun talking with Dave and Val. Before we move on to Ellen, I'm actually going to give you some updates from the seed area. And my husband, Haraj, is here joining me. And we were both stationed in the seed room at the warehouse. And how did it go today, Haraj, would you say?
3: It was great. Everyone was so enthusiastic. There was an awesome energy and people were just so excited and we were so excited to interact with them.
0: Yeah, we met so many nice people. So many people came up and said they were listeners of the podcast, which was great. And everyone was not shy to ask questions. They were really not afraid to come up and ask what they needed, which we love. We love answering those questions. Yes. Okay, so what were some of the most frequently asked questions you would say we got today, Haraj?
3: Well, people are really interested in buying a lot of seeds and stocking up on seeds. So there were a lot of questions about seed storage and what's the best way to store your seeds to get the most longevity out of them
0: that's true i think that was probably the top question is how can i properly store my seeds and we had a few different answers for that so the first thing is that not all seeds have the same shelf life. There's a different longevity depending on which seed you're talking about. So straw flower, for example, is one that in our experience is notorious for having a shorter shelf life. So that's a really good one to try to buy fresh every year. So perhaps only buy what you need for that season and then buy new the next year. Pelleted seeds are another one that just because of the way the pelleting process works, the way the coating is applied and moisture is added to get that coating to adhere, it can actually have the effect of shortening the shelf life and we recommend trying to use up pelleted seeds within a year of purchasing them. So just make sure to consider the shelf life of the particular seed you're buying before you stock up on a bunch of it. Other than that, for orthodox seeds like the ones the Gardener's Workshop sells, you always want to store your seeds cool, dry, and dark. And the way you store your seeds is also going to have an effect on their longevity. And I'm going to refer everyone to our episode number 11, where we went really in detail about how to store your seeds, whether you're storing them at room temperature, in a refrigerator, or in a freezer. So check out episode 11 for more information on seed storage. What were some other questions that we got Haraj?
3: Some people were asking about deer resistant flowers and what seeds would be good if they have deer pressure in their yard, which we also have at our yard. So that was another question we were getting along.
0: Yes, you are definitely right about that. We have severe deer and rabbit pressure. So I'm always happy to talk about what plants might be resistant to that. So I'll give you three Cool flowers that we've had really good luck with in our yard. Just remember that your experience may be different than ours. Everyone's deer and rabbits have different preferences where they are, but these are worth trying if you do have deer and rabbit issues. So, the first one I'll say is foxglove, aka digitalis. Again, all parts of the plant are poisonous, so do be careful if you're growing this around pets or children. Another one that we've had really good luck with is straw flower, which is a beautiful flower. It's also really great for drying. And I've talked a lot about that before on different episodes. And a third one that we've had good luck with is feverfew. We do occasionally have, sometimes a rabbit or deer will seem to sample it out, but it has really, really fragrant foliage. And I think they don't seem to like it because they don't seem to come back for more. Right, Raj?
3: Yes, that is true
0: we end up with pretty nice tall plants, even if they do try to browse. So I would say to start with foxglove, straw, flower, and feverfew. And I have many more recommendations than that, but that's what we'll start with for now. And then what would you say were some of the top selling seeds of the day that you noticed people repeatedly going for?
3: Well, I think Lisa has so much blooming on the farm that you had your usual suspects that were in bloom, like the sunflowers, zinnias, rudbeckia, and some more like that.
0: Yes, she had really nice stands of those out there at the farm. And how about some of the more unique looking things? There's one in particular I'm thinking of, and I wonder if you're thinking of it too. the
3: decorative spinning gourds. Yes. Because a lot of people were picking those up.
0: Yes. So Lisa had some of those growing at the farm. They're these small little striped gourds. They have almost a bottleneck shape at the top. Uh-huh. And apparently they used to be spun like tops on tables just for fun. They're really great for crafts. They're great for fall decorations. And that seemed to be the number one seed of the day. If I'm just going based on that's what my I experience. To. yes. yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today, Haraj, to give this little recap. Now let's check in with Ellen. So I'm here with Ellen at her little station that she had set up today for the open farm. Can you just introduce yourself to everyone? Sure, my name is Ellen Frost. I'm the owner of Local Color Flowers.
4: We're a floral design studio located in Baltimore, Maryland. We source all of our flowers locally. In addition to being a florist, I also am a course creator with Gardner's Workshop. I offer two courses through Lisa. I'm also a writer, speaker. I offer a weekly newsletter for folks if you're interested in checking out our flower stories, you can check it there.
0: Okay, Ellen, how did it go today?
4: Everything was great. We had so much fun. It was really, really a lot of fun to be around so many people who love flowers as much as we do. Um, all of the People who came through on the tour were really enthusiastic, really excited, and it was great to see them react to the designs that I made. Um, I don't know, I don't get a lot of feedback because when I do designs at home, you just, they just go out the door and we never see the people who get them, but here, making designs in front of people, everybody's really
0: excited. So what did you present today and what were some of the flowers that you actually
4: used? So I brought some flowers from Baltimore. Um, Lisa gave me some flowers here. So I used all locally grown flowers. Uh, I used lots of scented geranium and buplerum for foliage, lots of sunflowers, zinnias, um, cosmos. I did bring local roses from Baltimore from our local rose grower in Baltimore city. So I used some of those and showed those off to some people. Um, and basically, what I did is just do what I do in like our intro to design course, which is teach people or present to people the basics of floral design. So how to measure, how to clean your stems, how to make a very simple design, what the elements of a good design are.
0: Do you have any tips you could pass along to our listeners? Oh, in that yeah regard? <laughs> So I always think
4: like first is finding the right vase for what you're using. So, If you're a beginner starting with like a small vase, something the size of like maybe a mason jar or a little bit bigger, that way you don't need any mechanic. I brought a lot of mechanics with me, like flower frogs, agri-wool, ocean pouches. I brought those to show people, but if you're a beginner just starting out with a good vase that doesn't need a mechanic, maybe like I said, a pint-sized mason jar size is good. Then I think, um, always be thinking about the height of your arrangement. So nothing more than about one and a half times the height of the vase. That's about where you wanna stop. Clean all your stems so that there's no leaves in the water. You don't wanna get any bacteria in the water. And then I always like to have a good mix of flowers. So some foliage, some line flowers, some focal flowers, and some bits and pieces. That's like my ingredients for a great design they look beautiful thank you
0: so were there any questions that seemed to be very frequently asked by the visitors today
4: yes um there were a lot of flower farmers who were interested in selling to florists but they were either afraid or they didn't know how to start or they didn't know if their product was good enough or basically just didn't have like the confidence to go out and pitch themselves to a florist so lots of questions around that and then, also, lots of questions about plant or flower identification, which I thought was great because I love teaching people about what flowers are what um, and introducing people to new varieties of flowers. So, that was really a lot of fun, too.
0: Was there something that people seemed to find the most interesting when you would tell them? Um, I think that people were really interested in learning about fragrance because they
4: learned that most imported flowers have had scent bred out of them, which they didn't know, and why it's important for us to use scented flowers. Um, So I think that was probably one of the most important things that people took away with it.
0: And why is it so important for you to use scented flowers? We're
4: always trying to differentiate ourselves from florists who use shipped-in flowers, and one way that we do that is by using scented stuff. You know, when you, we all have like a lot of scent memory about flowers and the first thing you do when you get flowers is you smell them. But like in modern day floral arrangements, most flowers don't have scent anymore because the South American growers have bred scent out of them. But when you're using local stuff, you can still use those old heirloom varieties or those varieties that don't ship very well. And those are very fragrant. And so we're really providing the customer with a product that they think that they're already getting and they might not, know that they're not gonna get them. So I think using scented flowers for us really does um, evoke sort of the old time flower feeling that people want when they get flowers.
0: And what was your favorite part of the day?
4: My favorite part of the day was meeting some of the online students that have taken my course because those are people that I've interacted with a lot over the years and have never met in person and it was just really great to see them in real life.
0: And how can people connect with you on social media? Sure. You can
4: find me at Ellen Frost Flowers or at Local Color Flowers that's our business Instagram both on Instagram or on Facebook and our website is ellenfrost.com or localcolorflowers.
0: Perfect, thank you. Thank you. It's always great catching up with Ellen. Now let's see how Lisa's day went. All right, now we are with Lisa out here. I'll point out she's very exhausted. She's been talking all day. This is the end of the day and she's also wearing a pith helmet. Lisa, <laughs> how did it go today?
5: It went really, really good. I mean, it makes it worth all the work when you just hear how excited people are to actually see what we talk about and teach about in person.
0: And what were you doing
5: today on your tour? So I was kind of like the main tour guide. I do a constant circle and people can jump on when they arrive and jump off. Um, Showing the garden, showing cool flowers, warm season, doing some seed starting, and um, yeah, it was pretty awesome.
0: What were the questions you got asked most frequently today?
5: It's still the cool season, hardy annuals, just people are like, you're kidding, right? No. (laughs) So that takes the cake.
0: Were there any particular flowers that people seem to be the most drawn to?
5: Of course, the zinnias and the giant marigolds because there was just so many of them,
0: yeah. What did people think was the most interesting part of the tour?
5: Seeing it all in action. I think I've heard so many people say, just come in here and say, I've read the books, even lots of students this morning. It's like coming here and connecting the dots is like huge.
0: And were there any lessons you tried to impart after all the rain we've received in terms of Areas that may have been netted and then areas yep. that weren't netted.
5: Yeah, I've been affirmed and I encourage people is to plant in raised beds so when you have torrential rain your plants can survive, as well as to net your flowers. Um, and it just makes all the darn difference in the world.
0: And what was your favorite part of the day?
5: You, A little six-year-old girl named Elsie who is every night asks to lay in bed and not hear a book be read to her, but she wants to listen to the Lisa Mason Ziegler podcast. Oh my gosh, she was the cutest thing ever. She's the only person that left here today with a a, um, bouquet of flowers. And she came from Indiana.
3: Oh, wow.
0: All right, well, thank you, Lisa. Now you can go to bed. Well, I have to say, as tired as Lisa was by the end of the day, it didn't seem to have an effect on the strength of her voice, as you can hear from this unexpected interruption during my conversation with Ellen that I thought you all might enjoy.
4: You know, working in the shop, you know, with the designers, we don't get to see so many people. She is in the
5: golf
0: cart. If you want to... Sorry. We're filming her! Lisa, we're filming her! Oh, oh, sorry. Well, once again, thank you so much to everyone that came to The Open Farm. We loved getting to meet all of you in person and spend some time talking about seeds and flowers. And for everyone that couldn't make it, I hope these impromptu interviews with some of our guests helped to capture the spirit of the day. As always, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, happy growing.